1: Everyone relax, this is Tofop, I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm
0: Will Anderson, and are you Charlie Clawson, or are you Louise Fonzie? <laughs> because uh, I have uncovered a, uh, well, something, a doppelganger of yours, uh, by the name of Luis Fonzie, who is a popular artist who happens to be, like... I think the first... South American. Is he South American? Well, it we'll sounds f- Spanish. Well, here's the thing, Charlie. We're going to find out more about oh, Louise okay. Fonzie in this episode because yeah. I, it is a Fonzie scheme that we have uncovered here because uh, Well, I got, mean, I
1: would say, A, sit on it, but I know you, I know you can't. <laughs> yeah, that's offensive to me, Charlie. That's offensive to people like me. How dare me. you sit shame me?
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what? That I, the fact that I can't sit down. I mean, it's not like I'm not toilet shamed all the time <laughs> by diagrams of people sitting down on toilets that I have to walk around in public. What? Where do you see diagrams of people sitting down on toilets? In the toilets that I am using at the moment because oh, I have disabled. decided that I am disabled. Oh, Now,
1: I, I know that technically by the letter of but the law... But they're not sitting on the toilets, are they? They're sitting in wheelchairs on those diagrams. Well...
0: Uh, so I've got a bad back. I've had a bad back for about uh, three months. As people know, we now stand to do the podcast. I don't know if it
1: sounds any different, but we are now standing to do the podcast. I like the energy of the standing, to be honest. It's a bit like when you do radio sometimes. some When you go into those big radio stations, a lot of the times the host is standing. And I was a bit thrown by that at first, but I like it. You've got some energy into what you're talking about, right? Exactly, and it's for people who are like you know, standing on a bus or standing on a train or standing on a beach
0: about to kill an Arab, <laughs> you know, like all the people, all the ways you'll be standing. So, anyway, I've had to stand up for all this time, and uh, I um, I don't know why we were talking about that why because we... you use a
1: disabled toilet.
0: Oh, so I use the disabled toilet, so um, I have to lower myself because right. of my back pain onto toilets, which means that I have been using obviously, I check to see if there's anybody else who is more disabled than I am in the vicinity,
1: and then I attack. But, but they can wait as well if you need to use it. Right, but I understand that I am not technically... I mean, you could use an able-bodied toilet if you had to. Yeah, but it would
0: cause me a lot of pain. And actually, to be honest, there have been times in the last couple of months where I'm not actually sure that I could have. So that's why I made the decision to move to the ones that have the handlebar. So basically, for the last like three months, anything that has a handlebar where you can lower yourself onto a toilet has been a friend of mine. And in those toilets, often they do have diagrams of, you know, people
1: lowered. Mocking you. So you feel like the diagrams are mocking you.
0: I mean I, I hadn't until
1: this moment realised <laughs> but yes that's, that is what I feel. <laughs> this is the hill in which you will make your stand.
0: But anyway uh, it turns out that I uh, was at the hairdresser and yeah. uh, at the hairdresser they have on the pop channel, on the, on the MTV video pop channels and uh, this guy came on the screen and I was just taken by the fact that not only did he look like you, like a long lost South American cousin of yours but it looked like before they had shot this film clip, he had literally gone through your wardrobe for what he wears in the film clip. Now, at the time I sent you a message and you were a little sceptical, like the, the Louise Fonsi, uh phenomenon, the fonz phenomenon. <laughs> had not arrived in our public consciousness at that point, but you've since seen it, and am I right? Yeah,
1: and it wasn't one of those things where it was slowly I've come around. As soon as you sent me that photo, I was like, oh, yeah, I totally get it. Like, he looks like a slightly chubbier version of me. He's yeah. A, he's a more, he's a. he looks like he enjoys paella. Oh, he looks like a
0: guy who has just been carving it up in South America, wherever he's from. We're about to find out. Okay. Here we go. Turns Lu- out he's English. <laughs> Luis Alfonso. So his name is sh- Luis Fonzie is his showbiz name, Charlie. Uh, Luis Alfonso Rodriguez Lopez Clausen, born. <laughs> a- oh, no, hang on. Uh, Lopez Capero, born April 15th, 1978. So Fonzie
1: is his middle name.
0: Uh Alfonso. Alfonso's yeah, so, his
1: middle name. So, it's Luis Fonzi. It's yeah. like me calling myself Charlie Zav.
0: Yeah, exactly. So uh, Will no, James. Known Will by Jimmy. his, shame, uh, no, his sh- shameful his, name. <laughs> his shameful name. His shame name, as his family calls it, Luis Fonzi, is a Puerto Rican ah. singer, songwriter, and actor best known. Don't point to
1: me <laughs> if suddenly that makes the link like somehow legitimate. You're about the
0: same age. And you're both actors. So, anyway, all I'm saying is it goes a little deeper. He's got a song called Despatico.
1: Despacito. I don't want to do that bit. Racist. Fonzie. Here we go. Born April 15,
0: 1978 in the San Juan. Shit, we're
1: literally like less than a year apart.
0: Puerto Rico. The oldest child of Alfonso Rodriguez. I was the youngest. And Delia Tata Lopez Capero. He has three younger siblings. Uh, Juan Rodriguez, who is a singer. Oh, okay. He's got a younger. Okay. Uh, Tatiana Rodriguez and Ramon da Salotti. Uh, growing up, Fonzie showed signs that music was going to direct his life. Fonzie or Luis? Uh, well, it says Fonzie here. Okay. but That yeah. must
1: be, that's like, you know, that's like his. Yeah, people know him
0: as Fonzie, Fancy, yeah. right? Fonzie showed signs that music was going to direct his life. As a child, he imitated the stars of the popular group Menudo. Ah, Ricky Martin's band. Right, absolutely. They were the Backstreet
1: Boys. Original of,
0: boy band, South Yeah, America. exactly. Menudo. Uh,
1: and joint, I think they predated New Kids on the Block even. Are well, we going into Menudo let's world? Let's find out. Let's uh, get into
0: some Menuno, Men- Menudo. Menudo? Uh, Menudo was a Puerto Rican boy band that was formed in the 1970s. By producer Eduardo Diaz, Menudo was also one of the biggest Latin boy bands in history, releasing their first album in 1977. How is this possible? Ricky Martin is 90. (laughs) Uh, The band achieved much success, especially during the 1980s, becoming the most popular Latin American teen musical group of the era.
1: So was Ricky go. Martin in the original lineup? He must have been like twelve years old or something. Uh,
0: here we go. Uh,
1: menudo's original lineup oh, okay, right. consisted of two sets of
0: brothers: Fernando, Fernando, and Nefty Salaberry, <laughs> and uh, the Melendez brothers: Carlos, Oscar, and Ricky. Uh, Ricky
1: does also not, the cast of Narcos.
0: <laughs> yeah, Ricky does not have his own hyperlink, so I guess he was the least successful <laughs> of the Minuto brothers. Uh, but back to Fonzie, because this is who I'm really interested in. After living in the United States for a mainland for a month, Fonzie uh, spoke English without a hint of an accent. Wow. It's almost like he was born in Australia, a twin, <laughs> and taken overseas and given a new identity. Uh, he entered the Dr. Phillips High School and participated. The Dr. Phillips. Uh, sorry, the, yeah, the Dr. Phillips High School yeah.
1: and uh, participated in a group called... Why would you go the Dr. Wouldn't it be like... I mean, you don't say... Like, if you go... I went to Xavier College and say the Xavier College. Yeah, okay. He entered Dr. Phillips High School
0: <laughs> and participated in a group called Big Guys. What? They sang at
1: school parties and festivals. Oh, can you imagine? <laughs> like, you're at some 16-year-old high school party and then... The big boys, what are they called? The big Big guys guys come in and start doing a bit of a cappella. Well, here's the thing, Charlie. I hear you mocking the big guys, but I'm
0: about to drop you some big guys truth bombs that are going to blow your mind because the big guys not only had in their lineup number one song right around the world, Luis Fonzi. Did I put it? Luis Fonzi. I I don't think Luis. Luis. Luis Luis? Luis Fonzi.
1: Hey, has it got uh, on um, Wikipedia? Sometimes you press a button that says how to pronounce a name. No, okay. it doesn't have that.
0: Uh, okay, here we go. Um, not only in Big Guys was Luis Fonzi, but there was also another singer who went on to become a popular uh, singer who had Latin number American. ones around the world. No, this is in America. Oh, this is in America. In the big guys, there was not Ooh. only Luis Fonsi, there was another guy. I'm going to give you an opportunity to have a guess.
1: Um, Ken. Like, how famous are we talking? Uh, at the time, he was a member of the most famous boy band in the entire world. Uh, was it from the? Was it from? Um, so, how old would he be? In Sync. He was from In Sync. Uh, wasn't Justin Timberlake? It wasn't Justin Timberlake. Uh. so who else do you know from the band In Sync? Uh, the um. Uh, JC Chavez. Yep. It wasn't JC Chavez. No. Um, who's the big guy? The kind of hefty dude. Yep. He's the one you need to know. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, um, oh, He's got an Italian name. Yep. Uh, Dom DeLuise. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes.
0: Dom DeLuise. <laughs> the members of the big guys were Luis Fonzi and Dom
1: DeLuise. <laughs> That's a little cannonball run bit for you. A bit of Tom DeLuise. <laughs> uh,
0: in The Big Guys, uh, he was in the band with uh, Joey Fatoni. Ah, oh, Joey Fatoni. Uh, in 1995, Fonzie enrolled at Florida State University to study music. He joined the school's choir. How so- come they didn't call him The Fonz? I mean, well, I guess because of The Fonz, maybe. Uh, full scholarship, uh, majoring in vocal performance. Uh, and he was in the uni choir. He sang in a lot of choirs. So before he sort of Latin, sexy, Charlie Clawson style, <laughs> stylings, he let's have a look at his career. So in 1998, Fonzie recorded his debut album, uh, Commenzere, I Will Begin. Oh, well, literal, but okay. Uh, the record peaked at number 11 on Billboard's top Latin albums chart and contained the singles, uh, oh, I can't say that. Is it a good translation? Uh, no, but situ queseres, uh, Per 2 do, Oh God, this no, is painful. No, sorry. <laughs> One of them became an instant hit in Puerto Rico and across Latin America with Fonzie conquering such markets as, well, anyway, a lot of markets. Uh, his 2000 follow up, Eterno, was God, even he's been more successful.
1: Del- fa- 2000? Right. How old is this dude? As old as me. Well, I mean, least. he's as old as, at it's least as nine. Joey
0: for Tony from yeah, In which is old. But he looks good. He looks good. Well, hang on. Here we go. All right. So let's uh, fast forward because he's actually got a lot of albums. Oh, um, I think dispatico is like his Despacito is like his tenth album or something ridiculous like that. Uh, let's look at his personal life. That's what I want to find out. Uh, in two thousand and three, mm-hmm. Fonzie started to become romantically interested in actress. Ademari Lopez, who as a Univision artist and fellow Puerto Rican consistently found herself near
1: Fonzie. What that does that same mean? Year- <laughs> That seems... That, that's oddly worded, right? Like whoever... This is Wikipedia, I take it, right? Yeah, of course it is. Odd. Odd wording. Uh, that same year, Fonzie released the song... Found <laughs> herself near him.
0: Abrazar... <laughs> La Vida, to Embrace the Life, off the eponymous album. The song would later become one of Lopez's What does opon- eponymous mean again? I mean, I, I don't really know. Eponymous, Second, uh, Everywhere, does first? it mean everywhere? The album, it, it, does it mean, I don't know. I'm going to Google it. Let's what find out. What does eponymous mean? It's going to deep Google hole here. Eponymous today, sounds like a pretentious podcast. Uh, it means, oh, it means the, giving their name to something. So okay. the, the, the album of the same name. all uh, right right, right. It's a yes. really it's fancy. It's like Metallica's black album. Yeah, Metallica, exactly. Metallica. Yeah, Uh, That was their eponymous black album, Charlie, (laughs) as we all know. Uh, All right, here we go. Um, uh, During 2005...
1: We should release an episode that's just called TOEFOP, and it can be our eponymous episode. During 2005, Fonzie was in the middle of an international tour that was abruptly
0: cancelled when Lopez was diagnosed with cancer. Oh. Oh, no. Fonzie promised to stay by her side. But didn't and went on tour. No. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Fonzie promised to stay by her side and travelled with her to Mexico. i only have
1: sex with other people with cancer, just so it's fair.
0: <laughs> travelled with her to Mexico, Miami and Puerto Rico for various treatment and work-related trips. She has been in remission since 2006, cured by the power of Fonzie. On t- <laughs> June 3rd, 2006, Fonzie and Adamara Lopez were married. Yay.
1: It's a happy ending. All in right.
0: a religious ceremony in uh, Guanabo, Puerto Rico, attended by many celebrities,
1: including, including Joey Fatoni.
0: Joey Fatoni. Still friends after all these years. Well, man,
1: once you're a big guy, you're a big guy for life.
0: And three other people I've never heard
1: of. Would I have heard of them. are
0: they all Latin American? No, nope, Latin American. Oh, as yeah. well as his brother aspiring singer, Jean-Juan I don't even know. <laughs> He's suddenly clearing your throat. Yeah, Jean Rodriguez. On November 8, 2010, they divorced. Oh. oh. After all that. My heart is broken. <laughs> Fonzie, <laughs> and that's not offensive because they're the same person separated at birth, Fonzie and Spanish model, Aguida Lopez.
1: Hang on, how long, ago, oh, how long after on. the divorce did this happen? The supermodel hit the scene. And they're, so, both, and they're both Lopez's as well. I imagine she found herself near to him as well. I imagine
0: that Lopez is a common name over there, but the fact that you've hooked up with two girls called Lopez uh, had their first child together, a daughter called Michaela, in December 2011 in Miami. Okay, so... Hang on. He divorced his other Lopez November 8, 2010, and he welcomed his new child in December 11, 2011. Okay. Well, that's – yeah. okay. All right. Yeah. Fine. Uh, I don't know. Something's going on, I reckon. They were married on September 10, 2014, after three years of living together. On December 20, 2016. Oh, no. <laughs> They welcome their second oh. child, <laughs> a son called Rocco. So, No, no Charlie didn't. She named his son Charlie. No, but there you go. So uh, has anybody else noticed? Yes,
1: everyone. Lots okay. of people. Um, like I said, when you sent that to me, I immediately agreed with it. And I it was while shooting Wolf Creek, actually, we were having a few people back to my apartment one night and that video came on. And so I ran into my room and put on the exact same T-shirt he wears and the black sleeveless one on yeah, my son. Yeah, because you own... Yeah, that exact same outfit. that wardrobe black jeans, black sleeveless tee. I mean, it's one of the best things, honestly. I mean, the, the, the fashion tone is like 1950s Greaser. I mean... With better hair. But honestly, he has the same
0: five o'clock shadow as you. Yeah, shoulder tattoo. Like, it's like, um, you know, it's some TV show that's doing a parody of you. And they've got the guy to dress what their version of you is for this thing. And it's incredible like the best bit is he starts with this sleeveless thing and you're like yeah that's pretty charlie and then later on he comes into the bar in this red shirt and you're like oh my god
1: he's gone peak charlie this
0: is like (laughs) if he comes in in a trucker cap and a
1: hoodie in a minute
0: then it was crazy
1: yeah it's funny when that video sort of started coming out uh, i was in adelaide and i was hanging out with fosdyke and he wanted to take some photos of me so he's got to use his references and in the photo i'm wearing this red check shirt And then that video went ballistic, and the Home and Away Twitter account put up a separated at birth photo. And it was me in my James, my red shirt that Fosdike had just taken that weekend. And then the still from the music video of of Louise Fonzie in his red shirt. And again, I'm like, yeah, okay, I see it. I see it. Do you
0: think now this is where it gets interesting? Yeah. Do you think that he's also seeing it? Is there Mm. a chance? That like because we've noticed it, and then yeah. people like you said. But Home and Away, which is a popular show worldwide, probably plays in I imagine in you know South America, in Latin America somewhere, right? I imagine they play it over I there with it. subtitles or something like that. Is there a chance? That Louise Fonzie is watching Home and Away, and his friends are like, you know, making fun because they're like, you, you're like
1: this You guy look like from the Home high school Away. teacher from this Australian yeah. Uh, telenovela.
0: Yeah, maybe like Halloween, he goes dressed as Zach from <laughs> yeah. Home and Away because everyone's That'd like, be yeah, amazing. it's
1: brilliant. Look, well, what I would say to this is that I see the similarities, but I think I have a fairly generic look. I look like a lot of people. I am pretty much, if you had to sort of like, uh, if you were to say to a police sketch artist, draw like, an almost middle-aged white Australian guy. (laughs) Like I have just that kind of head and face. And I think that Louis may look at me and think I look identical, but I think there would be a range. He he would more likely look at someone like Colin Farrell Uh because I share a kind of similar look. that as well there's just that sort of generic dark haired almost middle aged kind of look that I have
0: well maybe that's the thing maybe he thinks he looks like Colin Colin Farrell but all his friends think he looks like you and you're the butt of the joke it's like "Ah, no man I'm not the good actor you look like the shit actor yeah Yeah. well that's been uh, that's all I've got to
1: bring to the podcast (laughs) awesome great we're done anyway thanks for listening to Topo you have a couple of lookalikes though you know, Gemma thinks you look like, and Amy gets really annoyed when she brings this up, she thinks you look like a young George W. Bush. I mean, that'd be all right if I aged like, like him? George W. Bush. I think he kind of aged He's okay, aged right? quick since he got out of office. Have you seen what he looks like now? He looks like a Muppet. No, I haven't actually looked at what he looks like. We're talking about George W. w. Bush, right? Yeah.
0: yeah okay. So let's have a look and see how this goes. Let's uh images of George W. Bush. Look, I mean,
1: look, is he's, he's a bit goofy looking. I will say that. Like, um, I think she with the brow. You both have that kind of uh, you've got that strong brow. You look a bit like you look a bit like that American Eagle Muppet from the Muppet show.
0: I mean, I'd be fine with, I guess if I aged like a Eagle Muppet. <laughs> I guess that's fine. Like, I often think about that because I'm getting to a point where I can certainly see my face aging. Like, when we... <laughs> I mean rapidly in front yeah, of me. Like an avalanche. Every moment. You just
1: stare in the mirror and just yeah. features just collapse I mean, I in front of you. I mean, literally...
0: It's like a time-lapse photo. Yeah. Like, I can see it happening in real time, me just getting older. I've had to stop looking in mirrors. People think I'm vampire. <laughs> but... <laughs> It's um, because we're just going in the 10 years of Gruen and, and uh, we're about to have a hundredth episode. And so they're um, collecting sort of, you know, historical Archival. photos and stuff as well. And it really is like, I'm like, oh God, I look terrible. Mm. Like I really. Look, now. Well, compared to what I looked like 10 years ago. Well, I guess yeah, it's because I cause see you see so me all
1: much. The I, it's, it's been an incremental decline right. in my eyes.
0: Yeah. But when you look at photos of me from 10 <laughs> years ago, you're like, what happened to that guy? That guy had so much life and, or at least the fucking lights and makeup were better back then or whatever <laughs> it is. But there's something. And I think, oh my God, well, what about 10 years from now? Because it's not getting better from here. It's getting worse. So then I started to look at my dad or whatever and I go, what's my old man face look like? Yeah, Because now that's what I'm like now. Up until this point, I've kind of had my version of my young person's face. And now for the rest of my life, I'm kind of, I guess, growing into my old person's face. Mm. And I'm like, what's my old person's face going to look like? Not good, I
1: don't think. Well, I think, you, I think you've aged quite well. I mean, I know you, I've seen you a lot, so it's not so dramatic. Maybe if I hadn't seen you in five years. But I think what you have done quite well is change, you've adapted your identity as you've gotten older. You, you know, we live in Sydney. And you see a lot of dudes your age who are still wearing the clothes they wore when they were 25, which I imagine was the greatest time of their life. And they're just trying to hold on to that moment. But you have sort of changed your style and your wardrobe and stuff, not necessarily like all of a sudden you're wearing like woolen cardigans or anything, but you have changed something that is a more mature look, which I think takes away from how hideous your face is becoming. Okay. Well, that's good. Cause that's part of the reason I've been doing that. So that makes sense.
0: Also the haircut. Yeah. I, I feel like if I can distract from everything that is between where the hair finishes <laughs> and where my like neck begins, like that's not my prime area now, but if you can just kind of, you know, look at the, yeah, both sides, I'll be fine. Yeah, maybe you should just wear a burqa. Well, I mean, I would love to, Charlie. Like, I mean, to be honest, it kind of suits...
1: I mean, and wouldn't that just give all those conservative commentators all the ammunition they need on the opening episode of Gruen this year if you present it wearing a burqa? They knew it! You bloody ISIS sympathising, bloody left-leaning limo, bloody Liberals Chardonnay sipping. So here's the thing. I would wear a burqa
0: because... Like, in the morning, like, when it's cold and whatever, like, I put on, like, a beanie and I'll put, like, you know, a hoodie on or whatever. Like, I'm pretty much protecting most of the face that a Burka would. And the idea that you don't have to, like, do your hair. Like, I put on a hat most days just so I don't have to, like, do my hair or whatever. Mm. Like, Burka kind of does that as well. And to be honest, Charlie, you know what Burka is? It's casual Batman. (laughs) That's all the fucking Burka is. It's essentially Batman's outfit but made out of a tracksuit. Like, it's brilliant. That's exactly... comes exactly to my interests get up in the morning put my burker on come out the back
1: you know i don't like to wear underwear you could what, be like what commando under a burka <laughs> definitely what is your um like if you're just wearing your around the house clothes yeah how much do you, will you dress it up for like a trip to the shops if you have to go to the post office or get some milk and you're in like trackies ugg boots dirty t-shirt what do you change out of that outfit I haven't been wearing Ugg boots anymore because of my uh, bad back.
0: So I've pretty much been wearing this one pair of sneakers and you can tell how bad my back is because the sneakers have worn away at an angle (laughs) that like sneakers, I'll show you. Look, this is
1: crazy. Oh my God. So basically the heel of Will's sneaker is sawn like the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Like there is a diagonal line leaning to, that's your right, leaning to the right. Yeah, on your right foot. So there you go. If Andrew you went Bob, to athlete's foot, I'm
0: literally leaning to the right. <laughs> yeah.
1: If you went to athlete's foot and stood on one of those things, you know where they work out where you put your balance, that yeah. thing would just like beep, beep, beep,
0: explode. The machine would leave. Yeah. It would actually get up like a robot and walk itself out of the store, going, "I cannot be." Yeah, it's um, <clears throat> but not not much at all. I often sleep in the thing that I'll go to the shops in in the morning.
1: I've been because I've been told that I am allowed to wear my tracksuit pants out of the house. All my UGG boots, yep, but not at the same time. Oh, okay, that feels like a nice compromise. Um, I—is it
0: that bad? I don't judge people who wear UGG boots and tracksuit pants. Oh, I don't either, but I do it all the time. So I'd probably <laughs> that's probably self-serving. <laughs> yeah, right. People are probably and you're not judging in mirrors me. anymore. No, exactly. I don't look in mirrors. I mostly, but I—I I, I mean, we've talked about this a little bit before, but I have certainly got to the point where I pretty much wear the exact same thing every single day. I honestly don't think about like. The idea that I would buy something that doesn't kind of look like the stuff that I already have. Yeah. I'm just beyond that. Like everything I buy,
1: it looks like some different version of something I already have. I'm just Do you think that's what nudists part of the appeal of being a nudist is? Is not having to like find an outfit. I mean, that appeals to me. Like in summer I get quite nudist around my house. Right. Minimal clothes. And I that's why I think I really like summer is because I don't have to go through the thing of putting clothes on and an outfit together. Well, that's my burka appeal, right? Yeah. It has
0: all the fun of, like, nudeness, but with the cover of a burka. <laughs> a burka! cover your shame. <laughs> no, wait! Oh, no, that's counterproductive. Oh, no! This is all going so positively. Um, the thing I will say is that, like, it's... <laughs> Uh, of all the images of George W. Bush that have come up when I Google search the images, there is not one where he does not look baked off his head. Like, he, the <laughs> look in his eyes, and each like, literally come around here just for a second and look at these images. You can't find one of them that doesn't just make him look like...
1: Yeah. I mean, you've got to wonder if these have all been filtered to make him look derpy. But he does look derpy. Right?
0: Yeah. I mean, crazy. But yeah, I, I mean, if I age like that, I guess
1: that'd be fine. I'd be fine Do you fine ever use one of those face, you know, those face apps where you can age yourself? In an app? No, dear God, my face is that app. I'm living <laughs> that. Why would I want to do it on an app? Give me
0: one that takes it back in the opposite direction. Get me that Benjamin Button button that I can push on my
1: phone and I'll do that. Thank well, you. Well, it's actually watching um, uh, on Justin Hamilton, friend of the show, Justin Hamilton's recommendation. I've been watching Twin Peaks uh-huh. and really enjoying it. Good. Justin was 100% right. The things that I had feared the show would be, it is not. Um, but it coherent. Yeah. <laughs> Understandable. <laughs> but it is one of those things where Gemini and I have both been, we've been watching this show, but we've been watching it with our phones in our hands, immediately going to IMDb and looking up what the people looked like. 25 years ago and it's this weird thing of we say it's like it's almost like time travel because you know you haven't seen this world of these people since that show was on the air and now you see what happened it's like oh my god you I haven't had the Will Anderson contact hours or I've seen them slowly get to that point I'm like oh my god that's what Shelly looks like now oh my god that's what Peggy looks like now but then I'm like all right I can live with that I'm alright. I'm okay with getting. It. I think they're just different people. You just got to be cool with that. Well, that's part of the appeal. And like with a
0: show like that, because like, obviously normally for a shows a big hit, the actors end up being in a whole bunch of things. And obviously there are some actors from that show where that did happen to. Mm, but there not is. Many. But yeah, well that's the joy, right? Mm. And that's what you need to do. You need to get your cast to sign a contract <laughs> that they will not work again for another twenty
1: years, so that we can have a really cool comeback. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's it's interesting. Like it makes you. Well, what I've loved about this series is sort of relates to the conversation is that I love that this series is not trying to, it's not glory days, hey, here's a fan service recall moment. It's like, oh, no, this is what's going on now. This is 25 years later. Laura Palmer's back and she's even deader. (laughs) But it just has that thing. She's wrapped in even more plastic. (laughs) It's the reason I love Fury Road is it's like, if you're going to do it, do something different with it. And I think. That's okay. Like, we are not the people we were 10 or 15 years ago, but, I mean, is it just a looks thing or do you miss kind of the mentality of being a younger man?
0: Uh, so, uh it's interesting you say that, cause, yeah, the thing about it being a long time ago, because I got a random message on Facebook this week. I um, am about, about to go off social media again. Well, not off social media, but off reading my replies, because when I'm busy working on projects, and um, particularly during Gruen, it, I just always feel like it's unhelpful to be seeing too much external feedback, whether it be good or bad. Uh, and But I had one last a uh, bad one sneak through before I cut it off, Charlie. And it was such a random one that I want to tell you about it, which was this woman who just wrote to me out of the blue. And she was like, I came and saw you at the comedy uh, festival roadshow in Ararat. And um, I, it wasn't very well attended. She said that. And uh, I was like, well, it wasn't my fault. It was Road Show. I wasn't headlining. Uh, uh, but I brought 10 friends and I brought my baby. And uh, then she told the story of like how the baby hadn't made that much noise, but apparently when I was on stage, I had a go at her for bringing her baby to the show and the other comedians hadn't and her and all her friends agreed that I was terrible. <laughs> and, uh, and then she said, and I didn't think you were funny then and I still don't think you're funny now, but maybe you've grown up, right? I, I went on the Comedy Festival Roadshow to Ararat in 1999. <laughs> Have I grown up since then? A, I would hope so. But B, to lady who wrote to me from Ararat, your fucking kid has grown up. <laughs> Your kid's an adult now. Your kid's old enough to have their own kids and take them to shows. Where did that come from? Where did that come from? Where did that, like, this... I mean... Was
1: it in response to something you'd said no. online? It's just out of the blue. Out of the blue. Here's a fucking hit. For, here's, here's a hit from the 90s, Well, Here's
0: something that happened, like, 18 years ago. That is bizarre. Ago.
1: That she's been sitting on that for 18 years. And you know what? The amount of times... Like your name must have come up in the last seventeen years, and right. she hears it and she's like, oh, I've got a story. Oh, yeah, I've got I'll, a story yeah, for you.
0: Yeah, all I did was take my small child to a comedy <laughs> show, and because here's the thing: of course, I don't remember this, but I, I, I never had a period of my career, even when I was two or three years in, where I ran, went around intentionally trying to make you know people with babies feel uncomfortable <laughs> about being at a show. So. I'm guessing what would have happened, but I imagine the baby was making some noise when I was on stage and my way of dealing with it was to make, you know, fun, make of fun of that, right? Which is just what you do in that situation. Now, it was a long time ago and you know, back then I may have done it in a way that was clumsy or it didn't work properly or whatever, but my intention never would have been to actually, you know, where are the fucking babies at? <laughs> who brought a fucking baby? Fuck babies and fuck people who have babies. No, don't fuck babies. No, I don't... mean, fuck babies in the not literal sense. Yeah, I mean... Don't fuck them, but fuck <laughs> them. <laughs> I know these are confusing messages, but I'm hardcore. <laughs> so obviously something's happened with the baby. I've, yeah. And look, you know, and she's hung on to it, which is to her right and fine. But where does that, like literally when there a your child is an adult, <laughs> you don't think in the 200 gigs a year I've done since. So like in the 5,000 shows I've done since then, do you, when you're like, why didn't you find it funny? And I'm like, yeah, it may not have even been funny. But it's not like that's my routine that I do in all those other shows. Like the crazy thing is,
1: like I if you I've seen bad comedy before. I wouldn't remember it as being not funny. I just wouldn't remember it. Like it's strange. Oh, I've done bad comedy. Recently. You are this like, woman's like joker. Right. Like she has made you, you're the Darth Vader, you're the you're the the he who shall not be named.
0: Well, it's just so much going on in the message, because I. So what, how did she, what made how did you, you think you? Uh, Facebook public page? Right. So, oh, she wrote a post? No, but on, on the page. Like, you can send a message, like, on yeah. the Facebook uh, right. official page okay. that, like, um, sometimes I see and sometimes I don't see. How did see she it, but, open?
1: Dear Will, can we look at it?
0: Oh, uh, I think I may have erased it. Because oh. I didn't, didn't want to be... Because here's what I didn't want to do. Respond. Yeah. But yet, some stage where I was like, oh, no, I'm going to respond to this. <laughs> because here's the thing. She might have had a terrible time. And maybe I was partly responsible for it I can't remember I have absolutely no fucking idea so let's just take for example the fact that even like let's take the worst example that I came out and with no provocation (laughs) just immediately started like before you
1: even like told your first joke you grabbed the mic and you said before I start let me just say this if any of you fuckers have a baby in here you are gonna get it because I'm Will Anderson and if there's one thing everyone knows about me is I hate babies all right now you ready to laugh
0: all right
1: so let's
0: take it that that's exactly what i did just for the sake of the argument that that's what i did her and her 10 friends i I did that thing yeah it was 19 years ago like like so firstly i'm happy for you to go i'm never ever going to support that person or watch that person or whatever again that's a totally legitimate thing that you are allowed to do and Mm. you know fair enough but what happens after 19 years that you suddenly just go, no, 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 no. Mm. Like, because I've been available for you to, if you're angry at me yeah. and you want me to know that you're angry at me, yeah. there's been an opportunity over those last 19 years for you to express that. It just feels so randomly out of the blue. And then that sort of thing of going, I didn't think you were funny and you're not funny now, which again is fine. That's I, I literally, you no. know, you're allowed to think that. Yeah. <laughs> there's plenty of people who like me who think that. So <laughs> it's, it's fine. Um, but... But then to go, but maybe you've grown up. What response was she like? Was Was there a what, point where yeah, where where what could I have gone? She, actually, you're right. She, I have grown she's up. She's trying to. Yeah, she's thank trying. Thank you, you, know you very it much. She's for, trying
1: to lead you. She's trying to lead you to that response. Right. Like, what she wants in her mind is for you to say, "Hey, whatever your name is." I've been thinking about that time every moment. Been, yeah.
0: On, I, I have not and stopped was, thinking about it since the moment it happened.
1: It was the folly of youth. You know what it I was? was? I was Icarus. I flew too close <laughs> to the sun. I was young. I was maybe a bit full of myself. I used yeah. to drink a lot more when I a, performed back a then. A lot more. That's not true though. But
0: <laughs> but yeah, no. I hear what you say. And drink just yeah, as much I just today, drink as much and make as many bad decisions. <laughs> It's but what she wants I've you.
1: But she wants you to say is, I've thought about it. I feel terrible. Is one if there's one thing I could take back of my entire career in comedy, it's that. But I've grown up, and I would like to say I'm sorry if you would be so gracious as to accept my apology. She's trying to lead you to right. an apology, but I, I, it would be an insincere apology. She wants because, you to have hindsight to right. look back and go, "I'm a, I'm a different man."
0: Well, I would hope that I am a different man. Like, I mean, I hope that I handle that. I mean, in fact. Uh, there's a very uh, regular listener to our shows mm. uh, from Adelaide who brought uh, who asked me online one time. I said we couldn't get a babysitter for tonight. Are yeah, you going to be cool if we uh, you yeah, bring our baby to the show? And you wrote back. and said, "Do you know who I am? <laughs> if there's one thing that everyone
1: knows about Will Anderson is I hate babies.
0: <laughs> so I sent him one of my I hate babies' stickers. <laughs> to put over his fucking stupid kid's mouth. No, brought the baby to the show, handed it up on stage. I did seven minutes of the show. So you again, well, but it's also one of those things where all I ever like to do as a comedian is you're, all you're trying to do is use the room to best entertain everybody. But sometimes what that means is if somebody's been noisy or if there's a thing happening, if someone's phone beeps or whatever, mm. they become the, you know, the, the butt of everything because you're controlling the rest of the room, you know, past that, that thing. Maybe I would be better at it now. I did a bunch of improv shows at Giant Dwarf a couple of years ago. And there was one where um, I can't remember how we got to this bit, but I ended up out in the audience doing what I thought was kind of like fun play acting of slapping someone's face in the audience. <laughs> Your Honor. <laughs> well, yeah, right. No, no, no. But, but in the sense of the show, that's what yeah. the audience saw as well. Yeah. And that's what I felt like when we were having this moment was happening. But... The dude who it was contacted me afterwards and was like really he, and he was he was it was one of those things where I was like if if you could put a template together mm. of how to appropriately complain to somebody it was almost like the perfect way of doing it because he acknowledged you know that I that my intention clearly hadn't been to like Not you know had been malicious and yeah, things had happened but at the same time kind of made it clear of how he'd felt in that situation and. And I just had a dialogue back and forward with him that was really, like, I actually felt like, yeah, I did walk away from this going, I will in the future have a little bit more consideration of, you know, making sure that I'm not caught up in entertaining everybody in the room by making somebody who's in that room feel uncomfortable with that moment. So, I mean, you hope that you would, Mm. like, you know, be able to grow. But if that dude had just messaged me out of the blue 19 years from now, (laughs) And said, Hey, remember that time when you slapped me on the face? I've been thinking about it for 19 years. I'm not sure how I would respond to I that. I need to
1: compose a, a Facebook message to Pommy Johnson. Oh, <laughs> no. What? Really? Yeah, Pommy Johnson, like when Michael, I think it was when Michael Chamberlain was first starting out in comedy, he did a raw comedy heat in Melbourne. And I went to support him. And I sat in the front row. And I can't remember what happened specifically, but he took offense to something that i had done or didn't do and i think i wasn't laughing at a joke or my head was down or he thought i was looking at my phone or something but i wasn't i just had my head down and so he literally stopped the show to have a go at me but it wasn't like hey what are you doing?" you know it was like hey you know you think you're too good to be here or something like that and i was like what and then he just went me but with like they weren't jokes; they were threats. It was like, "Don't bring a feather duster to a gunfight. I will destroy you." Like, all like really kind of went me. And then I became the butt of the joke for because M seeing this thing right. he, every time we get up, he'd always be like, "And hey, don't be a dickhead like this guy." And, and I was just <laughs> like, ha, "Ha ha!" And I remember sort of like leaving that show going because I hadn't seen much stand up comedy. I was like, "Is this what happens? Like, you get picked on for no reason and like totally threatened? On, threatened? Like challenged to a fight and threatened and all this kind of stuff?" It was weird because I remember about six months later, I was dating an actress at the time who was doing a show at that same pub. It was like one of those, you know, pub theater kind of things. And Pommy was there afterwards. And I remember he was having a beer with the cast. And so I sat down and I remember looking at him. He had no idea who I was, had a quite a friendly chat. He seemed like a really nice guy. But in the back of my mind was like, you humiliated me. That was so embarrassing for me. I need to send him an email. Right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You go, Hey, I hope you've grown up Pommy. He hasn't. No. No, it is one of those
0: things where it is perhaps one of the parts of the show that you sometimes don't think about, which is, you know, often when somebody gets up to go to the toilet or whatever, if they're interrupting everybody, or if someone comes in late to a show and everybody's watching them come in late you can't just go on with the show because it distracts everybody and you'll lose the show. So what you have to do is deal with that moment. But, you know, often, you don't really want to destroy somebody. You're like, I get what it's like to be late. I I know how terrible it'd be. Like the fact that you've even just come into this audience knowing that like, I'm going to make fun of you for being late. I have some admiration for that, but I also sometimes need to burn you for the sake of the show.
1: (laughs) I would not like, having so many friends who are comedians, if I feel like, I'm running late. I'm like, I just won't go on at all. Like I don't want to be when you're like settling into the first two minutes of your show and then some fucking like the door opens and someone distracts you. I don't want you to look out and go, oh my God, fucking you. Like you of all people should know. Did I tell you about when I went to see Dara O'Brain? Uh He's a
0: brilliant guy. Uh, Irish comedian. And, uh, you don't say with a name like Barrett <laughs> O'Brien. Uh, hosts a show called uh, Mock the Week in the UK, which is like a really huge sort of uh, British comedy show for stand-ups. And uh, he's a pretty huge star. Hasn't been out to Australia for ages, but I knew him from the old days. And I think he's a um, really, really brilliant guy. But he also, uh, I went and saw him during the comedy festival. It was my night off and I got a ticket, went by myself. Uh, ended up sitting down next to a reviewer who was reviewing the show for The Herald Sun uh what i did not know when i would agreed to see dara on my night off from the comedy festival was that his show goes for two and a half hours so he did an hour and a bit and then had a break and then like came back and did like another hour and a half and here's the thing it's the middle of the comedy festival and i'm doing comedy and i'm seeing comedy and it's my night off and i've seen heaps of it and it's been great but i want to leave (laughs) but i'm so aware of the fact that I'm sitting next to a reviewer from the Herald Sun (laughs) that I'm so fucking paranoid that he will like, you know... Will
1: Anderson couldn't stick
0: around. Right, exactly. I don't want to be the punchline in a friend of mine's review about the show. The show went so long that even Will Anderson, like, I was like, (laughs) oh, no, that's not what I want. So now I desperately have to go to the toilet, too. And I'm sitting there, like, uncomfortable, A, needing to leave because I'm just tired, and B, busting to go to the toilet, but the whole time just sitting there (laughs) going, I can't. And then. The review came out a week later, and the dude mentioned me in the oh, review. So, you made the so right choice. I was like, right. I was like, yes, I knew it. <laughs> I knew it.
1: I always get scared too. Um, I tend to like nod off when it gets dark, out of um, no heroin. Not heroin. Just there is some psychosomatic thing that happens when the lights go down. Is it heroin? Do you have heroin? I think it's heroin. Yeah. The lights go down. I put a tire in my arm. Yeah. I slap it until yeah. a vein rises up. I stick a needle of yeah. heroin. Oh. oh. It's probably the heroin. It's a heroin. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was the movies, but no, it's heroin. Being, being caught out nodding off or not yeah. even nodding off. Do you ever sometimes you just like at your friend's show when you're tired, it's just like you just need to rest your eyes for a yeah. bit. You just need to like just do a slow blink. Mine's the worst because
0: I am, particularly because of these pain meds that I've been on, Uh, i've had the combination of being woken up early in the morning but then at night after i've been on my feet all day i'm just like exhausted but essentially to sit down i've had to drug myself so like i will try to start watching something on the couch and be social and stuff and i will just eventually fall asleep and i don't amy has this sense of like when i'm asleep like she because in some ways to her the fact that i'm the minute I, like, my eyes shut, she knows. She just has a sense. She doesn't have to be looking at me. She doesn't right. almost have to be in the same room. <laughs> she can just sense my eyes closing so she can tell me to go to bed. And I am such a, like, denier of the fact that I'm tired. I'm like, no, no, I was just shutting my eyes. I'm I'm that guy. I'm the
1: kid who's, that like, is clearly a exhausted. a constant, like, Gemma gets so annoyed. We'll watch, like, Game of Thrones or whatever. Yeah. And we'll be on opposite sides on our own separate couches. Yeah. And I'm const—I've got one eye on the TV, but I've got one eye on Gemma to see if her eyes are closed. And I'm constantly like, "Are you asleep?" She's like, "No." <laughs> are "You asleep?" "No." <laughs> "No, I'm not asleep. Why does it matter if I'm asleep?" But it's just this—I've become fucking. I'm the Amy. I'm right. the fucking eyelid monitor. You are. Just let us sleep. <laughs> I'm happy to sleep. I
0: love nothing more than sitting on the couch full of painkillers, having a sleep. Yeah. I'll watch Game of Thrones
1: again tomorrow. I think it's, but it does speak to I. I'm. I hate. Sleeping, not hate sleeping, but the idea of being watched while I sleep really, I don't like it at all. Like, I will, I'm the guy who, if the phone rings at a perfectly normal time for you to be asleep in bed, it's like, uh. you know, 6 30 or something, I will answer it and like slap my face and shake my head and sound like I've been awake for hours. I don't even like the idea of people knowing I'm asleep. I don't like people watching me when I'm asleep, and I don't like people knowing I'm asleep. Well, then, do I have a joke for you? It's called meth. Oh, I are doing <laughs> all
0: this fucking heroin.
1: <laughs> yeah. Been back to
0: You've socks. been making a really terrible mistake. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting to me.
1: Do you enjoy sleeping in general? Like, are you a person? I love sleep, right. but I'm a light sleeper. Okay. And the slightest kind of like whatever. As soon as I'm awake, I'm awake. Like, Jem's a real slow riser. She takes her time to get up. Yep. Whereas as soon as... Because where we live, it's quite noisy. So we get traffic noise from probably about six thirty, seven a.m. So I normally wake up with that. And then it's just like, I have to sort of work out. I Generally, now I've got my routine. Like, I'll do some... I'll go for, take the dog for a walk or I'll meditate or, or whatever it is. But it's not a pleasant way to wake up. <laughs> like, it is like I'm awake and suddenly... Um all my senses are on and like I have to do this, do that. I've resisted. I used to grab my phone and start like mindlessly scrolling through stuff. But I've now I have this rule where I don't look at my phone for the first hour when I wake up because it just I don't know, I just fucked my head up. And so the times before and before I sleep, I don't look at my phone and within an hour of waking up I don't look at my phone. I tried to give myself a more a deeper sleep.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good thing. I wake up uh the well, so uh our cat Ziggy uh, will wake me up normally about five thirty when the sun sort of starts to come up. He'll decide it's time for breakfast. Now, you can ignore him. You can shake him off if you're determined, but because um, he'll just he'll meow, he'll just meow and meow and what meow. What time is this roughly? 5.30, 5.36, You know, I'm to be honest, that's kind of the uh, the the time where hour, I'm starting like. to yeah get up in the morning anyway. But so it's it's me deciding. Okay, well, do I just get up and do this? Um, and feed him and then I'm up or do I try to like shake this off? And it'll depend normally on how uh, much, how deeply Amy is sleeping. Right. If it's annoying her, yeah. I'll probably get up and feed the cat and then I'm up.
1: Like, I wonder if, <laughs> if Gemma fakes sleeping next to me because sometimes like I will lie there and I'll shuffle about and I'll get up and I'll get changed or whatever and she manages to sleep through all of it. Or at least she looks like she does.
0: Well, this is the thing. I can't tell if someone's asleep or not asleep. Whereas, like, Amy can clearly tell if I'm asleep or not asleep. Like, if, you know, like, the difference between having my eyes shut and being asleep, she 100% knows which is the two. Whereas I, I couldn't tell. Like, if you had your eyes shut and you were lying on the floor, you could be asleep. You could be dead. You could be
1: dead. And I'd be like, oh, well, I guess Charlie's dead. Time to get a new host. Anyway, Justin, what are you doing? (laughs) Yeah, it's weird. I've never thought about it, but you're right. I can't, I don't think I can differentiate between sleep or rest. I remember once when I used to live in St. Kilda, uh, (laughs) I walked, uh, I lived, uh, my flat was right opposite um, St. Kilda Gardens. And so there's often a bit of foot traffic there at Uh, night for whatever reason. Sure. And I remember um, I was leaving for work one day and I took the shortcut through this alleyway behind the, the building block. And there was a guy and his car was parked and he was having a little nap. You know, he's leaning back in his chair, his eyes were closed. And as I walked close to the car, a woman popped up from the passenger seat. Oh, really? I thought he was asleep. Wow. He
0: wasn't. I mean, I guess he wasn't. Unless
1: they were both asleep. She had a head in his
0: lap. Well, I mean, that's the thing. They might've just been
1: having a nap in a car, Charlie, or... And so she was just wiping like drool from her mouth when she sat up. Well, exactly. I mean,
0: you know, when you've been sleeping (laughs) on someone's lap, often you've been drooling. Hey, uh, Speaking of that uh, form of uh, world, okay. uh, I watched uh, the first episode of The Juice. Have you? Do you oh, know that's new David Franco? And, James Franco. Yeah, James and Franco. Maggie
1: Gyllenhaal. Was, has that been on already?
0: Uh, Foxtel have got like a on, on demand. Oh, yeah, yeah, There's a yeah. watch the first epi- episode preview thing. Is it good? It's a. I mean, I don't know yet. It's porn, right? Well, prostitution at the moment. Oh. Like it might be going towards porn. Right. But at the moment, it's prostitution. And uh, the thing that I, like, the well, James Franco's playing Twins. What? So, yeah.
1: That sounds very James Franco. Yeah, very it?
0: James Franco. And yeah. I, I was fine with it until there was the moment where they were having the conversation at the bar. And then I was just like, I don't know. Not pulling this off. I don't know if you are. I just feel like you're a bit too into the fact that you're talking Allow to yourself. Allow me to be Franco. Yeah. <laughs> That's not good. It's not good. It's about as good as that joke, guys. Uh, not good.
1: <laughs> I just told you that joke so you had an understanding of how not good it was. Don't go too harsh from me or in 17 years I will write you a letter about this episode. That's a very good point. Sorry, I apologise and I've learned a lesson. I think I've grown Grow up. I feel like yeah. I've grown up. I really do feel like I've grown up. When your up, face is up. completely collapsed in on itself.
0: Uh, so, uh, Maggie G- Hall. Yeah. Her role is, like, I mean, there's a lot of her kind of You know, naked in in a not very flattering sort of way. Like, I mean, it's a very gritty role of hers, and yeah, she's authentic. Yeah, it feels like I mean, it's one of those ones where after having watched the first episode, I was still not sure whether I was going to like it or not. Yeah, but yeah, it was. It certainly does not glamorize. You know, like some of those like things. They're like, oh, it's a thing about porn, and like at the end of it, it's going to
1: really glamorize it. This certainly. He's not necessarily chock full of glamour. I saw a trailer for, um, is that new Michael Keaton film, American Assassin? Have you seen the trailers for that? There's Some young TV guy. And I had the same feeling when I saw that because I like a good sort of like spy espionage film or whatever. Um, But the opening scene of the trailer is like him at the beach with his girlfriend and they're both impossibly hot and he's like a six pack. I'm like, nah, that doesn't feel real. I don't know that an American assassin would be super hot like that. Do you? Well, I mean, but he becomes an American. Like, yeah, I know. But is it one of those things where they take, like, he was, like, the high school's quarterback or something and they teach him, like, assassin tricks?
0: Well, I, I think his girlfriend was killed in some, like, you know, political thing. Right. And so but then, she's really
1: hot and she's well, in a bikini.
0: Well, from what I saw of the preview before I saw it the other <laughs> night, so this is all I'm going from, but uh feels like a girlfriend... Uh, killed in some sort of, you know, political bomber, terrorist attack attack thing. And then he decides that he's just going to go and kill the people responsible. Oh, not sanctioned. uh, Not not sanctioned. And not some dude who's trained in that way. So I get the impression that he kind of like... a renegade. Right. He's like, I'm going to go and kill this motherfucker who killed my girlfriend. But then the government picks up that he is uh, a guy who's going to go and do this. And they're like, hey, dude. Well, Actually, you're right, eh? <laughs> we have firstly, got a backlog of assassinations. Yeah. <laughs> would you like to meet Michael Keaton? Yeah. <laughs> First step. Secondly, would you like to become a crazy off-the-books assassin? That's yeah,
1: it. right. He's a black ops assassin. Yeah, that feels what it is. Yeah, it doesn't take away from the fact that as soon as I saw how impossibly good-looking him and his girlfriend were, I'm like, eh, why'd you have to make it so like shiny? Make it real, man. Gritty. Did you know they were making a Flatliners yes, reboot? That, looks that did not look good. No. No. I mean, I don't think the first one is that good, to be honest.
0: Yeah, but that's why maybe the second one could have been good. Because yeah, right. sometimes when the concept's good, but the movie's not so brilliant, like you can kind of go, let's make a
1: better version of... Well, it's no spoilers, but what did you think of It? I've Heard Good Things? Oh, well, uh, oh. I loved it. Oh, really? I thought it was fantastic. I was not expecting that. Yeah. Huh, really? Yeah, loved it. Huh. I thought it was... I've been trying not to watch stuff because I want to get like surprised.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, surprise, the clown did it. Ah! So. <laughs> spoilers. <laughs> spoilers. The clown did it. Uh, so, as we talked about on the previous episode when we talked about it. Um, uh, talked about it. Yeah, it. And it. Italicized. Yeah. It. Trademark. <laughs> Stephen King's it. When we talked about Stephen King's yeah, it. Yeah, good. It, the miniseries. No. Well, that's what we did talk oh, about. Oh, we did, yeah. We <laughs> talked about the miniseries. <laughs> okay, sorry. I take that back. Sorry. <laughs> Retracted. Uh, yeah, so. Uh, we talked about the idea they're going to split it into two movies, and yeah. so this movie only really tells the story of the kids the first time that they the encountered it. Yeah, and it benefits greatly from that. The separation. Yeah, it's it's Stand by Me with scary clowns, or it's like you know, yeah, cool. yeah. it's really, really. I mean, I enjoyed it a lot more than I expected that I was going yeah. to enjoy it. I've been reading really good
1: reviews. Yeah,
0: there's um the CGI there's some moments because it's actually quite naturally told and they update it you know that right yeah, set it's set in the, the 1980s 80s, yeah. and there's some great in jokes with the like yeah, the movies that are playing at the movies oh, and yeah, like right. you know this sort of stuff which is really beautifully done but very naturalistic mm. you know set in the 80s but still feels like stand by me you know it has that and all that sort of Stephen King detail actually works really well and all the kids are fantastic and you know the girl is just like the girl Bev like she is like going to break teenagers' hearts. Like, you know what I mean? Like, she's Sounds just like that... she
1: broke your heart, Gary
0: Glitter. Well, uh, spoilers. No, like, <laughs> they managed to do, I think, without giving too much away, one of the great things that they do, and this is, I think, where the movie is at its best is they manage to portray a girl who has been unfairly sexualized by, you know, her family. That's Mm. not, you know, I mean, again, if you... Read read, the book. Read the book or say the miniseries or, you know, whatever. But but also show two of the young group, you know, falling in love with her in a way that manages to do all that without ever sexualizing the actual actress Hmm. to the audience. Right. It's so deft because to be able to sexualize her to you know, those two very different ways, but not show us that in a way that makes us feel like we're complicit in it. So that's why you can say like, this is how good a job they've done with her. And she's done as well. You can say she's the sort of girl that every teenage boy will fall in love with, but she's not the sort of girl that, yeah, like, it's not like one of those, it's not like Transformers. Yeah, it's not Where Megan they're Fox. like, she's nearly legal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wink. Yeah, yeah, It's not like that at all. You know, yeah. she's not portrayed in a way that sexualizes her to older members of the audience, which again, is just one of those things where...
1: Well, that's like Stand By Me, right? I could... And
0: just done in such a great way. Oh, cool. Um, you know, it's not perfect. There's The CGI um, becomes a little... A hyper real like you you, mm. you would have loved to see them do a couple of things with practical you know practical effects. effects that would have but you know in a general sense i really liked it and it certainly made me look forward to the the second one
1: yeah i yeah uh, i think i said last week i'm i'm listening to the audiobook at the moment and like it's, it's literally i can't i think it's like almost 50 hours and it is so dense like there's so much story to tell there's no way you could do that flashing forward and back and do it in 90 minutes and and the other thing is is you know how we were like
0: in the first one we were just like uh, do they float about the balloons? Yeah. So firstly, they don't ask if the balloons float. <laughs> Spoilers. If anybody was going for that moment, uh, there is not that moment. But the whole idea of why floating is important to the it mythology is
1: explored really well in this okay. movie as well. So All they right. do stop a great, telling me stuff. No, that's it. Oh, I won't. No. I won't tell you anymore. Okay, that's All it. Right. That's that's it. 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 Trademark 7 King. Yeah. Is that it? Uh, well, uh, yeah, we can plug the Opera House shows and yeah. finish up. Yes. Okay. Well, there's a couple of things um, we need to talk about with the Opera House shows. So, firstly, um, I just need to say on behalf of Mike Howell, because oh, uh, we've yes. been exchanging emails this week, uh, Mike Howell uh, was planning to come to Sydney to the Opera House shows um, and was looking forward to it. And thank you very much to everyone's generous donations to his GoFundMe page. But unfortunately, he is hyper intelligent AI and he can't travel to Australia. Customs have shut it down. He's basically the Skynet uh, of podcasting, and so he's been locked up at customs. Well, the problem is he cannot operate
0: at Australian internet so <laughs> That's <speeds>. right. <laughs> it's just, that's the problem. Unfortunately, we tried to get him hooked up to the NBN, just could not make it happen.
1: Yeah, so Michael, unfortunately, um, hasn't been able to make it down for the show, so he's really bummed out about it, but we've just been swapping some emails back and forth, and he's come up with a really good idea, which... Feel free for everyone to take part or not. Um, So obviously, Michael is going to offer refunds to people who donated to his GoFundMe page. absolutely.
0: If anyone donated, um, you can absolutely get your money back. I mean, obviously, it's not happening now and you donated for that reason. Yeah.
1: But he had a thought, which I thought was really good, which is obviously there are some issues in the States with uh, a disaster. Yep. And so he has picked a disaster relief charity, which is going to put the details on the GoFundMe page and we'll share it on the Facebook page. So... If you want your refund, completely fine. Of Absolutely course. fine. Absolutely fine. But if you would like to use the money to, you know, we wanted Michael to come out, that would have been great. It didn't yeah. happen, it's a bummer, but we can turn a negative into a positive. If you'd like to use that money that you donated, for Michael to give to some disaster relief charities, then we think that could be a good way of turning this around. So
0: all the details will be there. We think it's a great idea. I think it's a really positive way to at least, and, you know, for him as well, because, I mean, he had his heart set on coming out as well. So for him to be able to at least, you know... uh, Make some good of it. Make some positivity for other people out of what was not positive for him then. But at the same time, if you... Certainly, if that's not your thing, you know, there's no problem with, you know... And if you do get a
1: refund... And you're in Sydney yeah. on September 15th there you go. 16th. Well done,
0: Anjali cynically employing it back to us.
1: <laughs> you may want to come see us doing our live shows now. I'm pretty sure the you show. You might want to donate to a disaster in <laughs> Australia. <laughs> Great. I think the first show on Friday is almost sold out. Like you said, there's some individual... There might be some random tickets. So if you come in by yourself, which is a fine thing to do, by the way, because you're a
0: podcast listener and you'll be amongst friends.
1: Oh, yeah. I should also bring up too on that, um, there is a a teabaggers page on Facebook now. It's called The Tea Room. Okay. So if you want to kind of like hook into the community of other TOFOP listeners and stuff and maybe arrange to like meet for some drinks before the show or make some arrangements to come see the show together or hook up, there's lots of nice people on there. We're on there. We see what you people are saying about us. Are we? Well, I am. I'm not. Are Can you...
0: you see what they're saying and then just tell me the good stuff and then yeah.
1: not tell me the bad stuff?
0: Yeah. Okay, okay. cool. Well, That'd be good. Somebody
1: sent a message from 17 oh, years ago. No. Uh, but yeah, there's still tickets available. Oh, maybe,
0: maybe that's why she got angry. Maybe her ki- she found her son
1: listening the to TOEFOP. That would make sense. That'd be great. And you haven't grown up. <laughs> <When> she listens <laughs> to it. She's talking about fucking Batman and time travel. That lady's got a point. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the Saturday Night Show, which is the 16th. There are still yep. tickets available. Um, lots of great guests that yep. we can't we talk can't over. Name,
0: uh, but we will say this. Like, this is honestly, between the two shows, and some of the guests will be, you know, probably appearing on both shows as well, we have way too many guests. Yep. That's what I will say. Many of them are performing at the Just for Last Festival. Yep. Uh, some of whom have been on the show before. Some of them haven't been on the show before. We Charlie has arranged... Uh, Some uh, some excellent (laughs) entertainment for us, for our evenings, I believe. Yes. Which I'm looking forward to taking part
1: in. Every live show, I like to bring a little project that I've been working on. And these shows will be no different. Best of all, John Deeks is coming up from Melbourne. We can mention Deeksy. We can mention Deeksy. Let her mention John Deeks. Now, let me do a bit of sizzle. Okay, sizzle In the process of getting Deeksy to Sydney, I discovered a secret about John Deeks that we can reveal... At the live show. Oh my God. It's a shocking secret. I was blown away. I think I've told you. Would you? Yeah, you have. I was just, Sorry, I wasn't sure. <laughs> Sorry,
0: Charlie. You'd never say so such high quality acting. <laughs> Would you call it a decret? <laughs> yes. That was me acting again. People didn't see it, but yeah. Charlie definitely yeah, saw it. definitely. Uh, okay, so yeah, now they'll be huge shows. And yeah, the Saturday night one, getting quick, because I mean, it is actually selling really well, but there is some tickets left. So uh, we'd love to sell out both shows, obviously, and have a huge weekend. It's going to be really brilliant fun. Um, uh, They're going to be different shows, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. We're yeah. Doing we should show point to that out. There.
1: Yeah, uh, But also, um, if you're going to be in Melbourne after the grand final and you want to see some football and comedy merged together. Oh, yeah, we'd... we could have plugged that on our football podcast, but we got oh, to. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that would have been the ideal place to do it, wouldn't it? On our football podcast.
1: Mike, Is there some way you can cut this bit out and paste it? After the first bit you've pasted onto the back of Two Guys, One Cup, Cup. can you paste this bit as well?
0: Yeah. Well, leave this bit in this
1: podcast, but
0: also cut it out and put it it on the the
1: end of the other podcast.
0: Hi, guys. It's us from our other podcast, Toe Fop, where we remember we probably should plug the gig that we're doing with the guys from the Junk Time AFL podcast. It's the day... After the AFL Grand Final, uh, none of our teams are in the AFL Grand Final this year, but it's at four o'clock at the European Beer Beer Cafe. Cafe. And um, it's it's selling really quickly. Yeah, very quickly. It was such a fun day last year. I mean, obviously I had had a pretty big weekend, but I am uh, very much looking forward to the show again uh, this year. uh, Hopefully one of those things, if we sell it out every year, then it might become a bit of an institution. So uh, that's an awesome podcast, Junk Time. Uh, This is more for the guys who are now listening to this on the footy (laughs)
1: podcast. Check out Junk Time. Check out the Outer Sanctums.
0: Anyway, guys, are we back?
1: Let's do it back to ToeFop. Yeah, okay, so Topop. Uh, And this counts for everyone. <laughs> Go to our website, Tofop.com where you can find this and many other wonderful podcasts. We still have a Patreon page. Yes. I know there's been discussion around us having sponsors now. Yes. But just for full transparency, we still rely on the Patreon to uh, employ people to help yes. us make this show. So um, The we- sponsors are coming in a little bit now, which is great. Um,
0: we're not at a point where we're making any money out of the podcast ourselves. At the moment, we're still just covering costs on everything it'd be great if at some stage that wasn't the case but that is where it's at at the moment and as you well have noticed from the fact that i don't think there's any sponsor on this episode um we don't have sponsors for everything so uh the patreon money is great because for us it means that we can employ michael we can no. employ james we can have these people knowing that you know in a couple of months we're still going to have money for them to do a poster and
1: we, can, those do, sort of we things. can do more live shows and look we know we've been a bit slack with the Patreon um, rewards. So that's yes. something that I'm actually dedicating some time to. So we're going to make the Patreon page uh, more better? active. There's Better. There's going to be more stuff there to encourage people to, to come check it out. Also, we have a YouTube channel that you can oh, find, TOEFL TV. All so right. you can go there. And what we're going to do, we've just started uploading full episodes. So if you want to listen to it, not on your mobile phone, maybe you're at work or something, you can actually play a full episode on YouTube. But we're going to start having more YouTube content as well. Okay. And the Patreon helps pay for that as well. Well, exactly. So, what we're saying is please support us on Patreon.
0: (laughs) Don't think because we finally managed to get us like a fucking one watch sponsor that we're rolling in it. We're not. Well, we're fine in our real life. But for the podcast, we, you know, um, all the money that we earn from it, it just obviously helps us, you know, do it more regularly. Yeah. Pay for
1: our mistakes. Mm. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson.